Welcome to Power to Sell, a student-led podcast recorded in front of a live student audience on the campus of North Dakota State University. Power to Sell focuses on the human skills that enable us to build trust, human relationships, and simply understand one another, which is foundational to being persuasive or being great at leadership and or sales. My name is Eric Trudevig, and I'm focused on how we transform these ordinary skills to the extraordinary, or as I prefer, a superpower. Now, our student hosts. Hello, and welcome to the Power to Sell podcast. This is the final episode of season one. I am Nate Adams, a business admin major here at NDSU, and I'm joined by two fellow NDSU students, Nick Bucklin and Brock Winter. We are lucky to be here today with Shannon Full, the president of the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for joining us today, thank, Shannon. Thank you for the opportunity. Shannon, really excited to have you here today. Um, just to get started, uh, can you te- just tell us a little bit about your career and what brought you to Fargo today? Sure. Uh, so uh, I will, uh, I'll say that I was not, uh, I don't think anyone ever aspires to be uh, a president of a chamber of commerce. Most, uh, most college uh, people, including myself, had no idea even what a chamber of commerce was. So it wasn't something I majored in by any means, but I uh, have had the great pleasure of leading chambers of commerce for 21 years, and I've done so in numerous different states. So I started my career in, in the uh, northern suburbs of Minneapolis and was there for about five and a half years. Uh, then I joke with everyone that I was 30 single and second winter, so I decided that I'd head south. And so I found myself leading a chamber in Melbourne, Florida, on the east coast of Florida. And so uh, that brought a whole bunch of different um, challenges and opportunities my way. Um, Quickly realized about two years in that hot and hotter weren't the two seasons that I wanted, and I actually missed, um, believe it or not, as we're in in the cold season now, I was missing some of that. And so was then recruited to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I uh, landed in Iowa about uh, a month after the disastrous flood. Uh, If you were back in 2008, long before you guys were very young then, uh, uh, 2008, we... They had about a $6 billion flood, 5,400 homes and 1,200 businesses were destroyed. And so the chamber was really the organization that was meant to uh, help rebuild the community. So did that for quite some time. And then uh, a recruiter uh, sucked me back into Wisconsin. I'm a a Wisconsin native. Uh, And so I um, moved uh, to Appleton, Wisconsin, and for six and a half years ran the Appleton Chamber of Commerce uh, there. The Fox City's Chamber of Commerce there, and then um, uh, unfortunately, as life uh, happens, there were uh, some turns, changes, and turns of events in which my father became ill. So we moved back to the Twin Cities to help support him, and uh, ran a chamber there. And then, lo and behold, <clears throat> the same recruiter that brought me to Wisconsin brought me here to Fargo two years ago with my husband and and two children. That's awesome. So, I mean, in your background, you mentioned a lot about traveling. Um, is that something you saw? Did you plan your professional career? No, you know, I was a small town Wisconsin girl, 1,100 people in my town and 56 people graduated in my class. And um, I didn't really know, you know, to me, the big the big um, move was to the Twin Cities. And, and essentially, the first move was to college uh, in Eau Claire and then in, to the Twin Cities. And so I didn't find myself moving. But what I did find is that uh, when I got to certain levels in my career or certain levels in the organization that I was serving, the only way to advance and to grow even further 
further was to look for a new opportunity. Um, I had made it to, you know, I was really lucky and, and I would say um, lucky, but also had a really good mentor that um, I had my first president CEO job of a chamber at the age of 24. And so, um, yeah, I have no idea what they were thinking when they hired me. But, uh, but you know, that was a deal that I just realized that the, once you're at the top echelon of an organization or a company, the only way to really continue to advance is to push yourself uh, beyond your kind of your comfort zone. And that, that meant for me uh, trying new experiences and travel was just part of it. That's awesome. So, I mean, from our initial meeting, Nate and Nick and I, we really had no idea what the Chamber of Commerce was. Mm -hmm. So could you give us, um, explain to us what the Chambers does and what you do in sure. your typical day? Sure, now you're experts in it, right? Because we had that Absolutely. meeting, right? I should Absolutely. turn it back on you, but I won't. Um, so the Chamber of Commerce is a, is a community and business organization. We essentially represent businesses. So we have about 1,950 businesses here uh, in the region that are members of the Chamber. So they invest in the Chamber, but then we help them grow their business. So we do everything from networking events and connections for business leaders, especially small businesses, to connect with one another. Uh, we do a significant amount uh, of public policy. So now we're going into the legislative session. We uh, lobby on behalf of business interests, um, both at the county and city level, but also uh, at the state level, so in Bismarck and in and in um, uh, St. Paul, and then out at the federal level in D.C. as well. So um, public policy is another big thing uh, for us now, the number one uh, thing hindering our economy, and very similar to other communities across the country, is the uh, inability to be able to attract, retain, and develop workforce. You probably are all uh, familiar with that. So we do a tremendous amount of workforce programs as well. And then the final part of it is we really partner with other community organizations to prioritize what's in the best interest of the region so that we could help um, have growth and prosperity for, for everyone that's here. So obviously a lot of these Chamber of Commerce that you've worked in are very similar, mm -hmm. um, but there has to be some differences between them. So. Could you hit on some of the differences that you've noticed being yeah. the leader? You know, of so we, we kind of joke in our industry, and I call it an industry, there are about 5,000 chambers across the country. And so um, I sit on two national boards, so I have a great opportunity to engage with people from all over the country uh, that lead, lead chambers. And we say when you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber, because they are very, very different and very unique, even though our missions may be very similar. So a couple examples, um, for instance, when I was in Melbourne, Florida, that was very much a um, uh, 16 communities, half of them were on beachside and half of them were mainland. Uh, I thought this was a joke when I got there, but they actually said the, the mentality and the philosophy are very, very different. Businesses that were on beachside um, are much more lackadaisical, much more laid back. In fact, when I got to the chamber, uh, the, the hours for the chamber were eight to two every day, uh, and you didn't have, you closed the office if it was a good surf day. And I'm really not kidding. That's what uh, uh, my staff, uh, didn't like it too much that a Midwest person with a really strong work ethic came in because we quickly changed to eight to five and there were very few surf days uh, in our in our future but uh, that was a very interesting one because in Melbourne, uh, it's where uh, all of the, the rockets and manned space uh, was still launched from, and it had Patrick Air Force Base. So our main points of, of business and industry were all around defense and space. And so we found ourselves you know, learning and lobbying and engaging with people in a very different way. Whereas when I went to Cedar Rapids, it was all flood recovery. So what do we need to do to, to build the community back up, uh, looking at major sectors like 
agriculture, which is very similar uh, and, uh, to here, uh, manufacturing, uh, finance, those types of things. And then obviously when I, when I went to um, the Twin Cities, that's a much larger marketplace. So there, uh, a, a challenge that we face there is that there are actually 29 local chambers of commerce in the metro region alone, just in the Minneapolis-St. Paul region. So one of my biggest frustrations in the Minneapolis marketplace was we didn't have a whole lot of collaboration and cohesiveness and partnership. And so in order to truly get your goals accomplished, do you need a lot of that type of partnership focus. And so I found it really frustrating there and so that's why I jumped at the opportunity to come here because we have one chamber we have uh, really good partnerships and collaboration that happen between higher education and k-12 and the chamber and the city and the county um, so it's really kind of a, a breath of fresh air to have that so talking more about you know the chambers and what they do um, what type of companies do you typically work with mm -hmm. here in Fargo yeah, great question. Um, I would say it is uh, as diverse as it, as it could be, right? We've got everything from solopreneurs, so uh, somebody that's just starting out and is saying, how can you help me get the resources and the relationships that I need to grow my business, uh, to the largest companies uh, in the region. So, um, you know, we've got um, great uh, partnerships with large companies uh, from lots of different industry sectors. So, um, Sanford uh, and um, uh, from a healthcare standpoint, both Sanford and Essentia, but then uh, when we look at agriculture sector, uh, whether that be uh, American Crystal Sugar or RDO, um, Bobcat, uh, manufacturing side of things, Marvin Windows and Cardinal IG, um, finance side of it, almost every one of the banks in the region is a member uh, of the chamber, down to our very um, small businesses, uh, about 71% of those 1,950 members uh, about 71% of those companies have 15 employees or less. So it really is a significant amount of small businesses from uh, any, you know, they're, they're about as different as, as you, it's the entire, it represents very well the makeup of the, of the community. That's awesome. I'd love to hear that. Um, so going forward, uh, what are some of your goals that you would have as Chamber of Commerce in the Fargo area? Yeah, um, we have a we have a lot of goals. We also have some challenges. Um, so we, and in fact, I just left a meeting with uh, about twenty five president and CEOs of of larger companies that are talking about as we enter into this legislative session, what are we going to need to do to continue to be globally competitive, and we want to be <clears throat> globally competitive as a region, but also as individual businesses and allowing um, business leaders, CEOs, uh, to to grow and prosper as well. So a couple things. The number one thing I've mentioned was workforce. So um, getting a handle on what are the programs and really a systems approach uh, to workforce challenges. Uh, the Chamber was really lucky uh, that our foundation uh, just received a $9.6 million grant from the um, Economic Development Administration to really look at how do we do some quick credentialing of about 900 uh, people into areas of um, advanced manufacturing, precision agriculture, and cyber IT. So one of the goals is to get that uh, grant off the ground and get more people uh, in the pipeline for workforce so that we can provide more opportunities for those companies. Uh, there's also a, a really big goal for us around continuing to work on the partnerships and some of the greatest challenges in addition to workforce. We've got major issues around childcare, around workforce housing, um, around uh, just main opportunities that are hindering the growth of the region. So we'll focus uh, a lot on that. 
Uh, next year, we'll uh, in in January, we'll kick off a capital campaign to build a new building, and so that's a big goal, right? The chamber uh, has outgrown its space, so we have the opportunity now to build a building that's bigger than just a chamber office. It's bigger than ourselves. We want to be part of something more than than just the chamber, and so that's going to be a really exciting adventure. We're starting to work with the architect on the design and what the feel and the vision is, and then we'll go out and sell that to the community and have to raise about five million dollars. Oh boy! So we had a. Uh a guest appearance by Brady Nash, owner of BNG, mm -hmm. and he's got some cool basketball courts and slides. Do you have any plans to put that into your building? You know, um, I think I I would uh, leave that up to Brady to just go use his. And <laughs> I got that open invitation. He's a great guy. Um, uh, but some of the things I think that's interesting that you talk about that, right? Because every um, company faces this now, right? What are the things that we're going to do to to keep our people, right? Yeah. Uh, we know that uh, you guys are in a really great space when you graduate, and that you've got uh, you're kind of in the driver's seat right now. You get to identify what's important to you. Uh, companies have to be able to adjust and adapt to that. No different for my 20 employees that we employ. And so uh, we do a lot of culture building opportunities to help them develop as leaders personally, but also uh, professionally. So we will have a video studio. That was one of the things that was going to be kind of one of the new add-ons, which is also a, a benefit there. Um, but then really just uh, designing the space for the way in which our employees want to work. That's awesome. Um, so Shannon, changing the subject a little bit, a uh, common theme we have in this podcast is identifying your superpower and how that superpower helps you be successful in your career. Can you identify your superpower and how it helps you out? Yeah, I would say my superpower over 21 years uh, has been uh, an open mind and a collaborative spirit. I truly believe in the fact that uh, together we're stronger and, and uh, oftentimes uh, you see that when uh, leaders are unable to set aside their own individual ego. That's what restricts the ability for them to truly, you know, thrive. And so we try, I, I think that's my, um, my superpower is I just honestly and organically, authentically want to collaborate and partner and figure out how do we be solution-based strategists together to come up with uh, the greatest opportunities for the future. Sure. So do you feel working with different chambers throughout the country has helped you kind of uh, influence that scale and kind of make it, you know, a little more defined and sharper? Yeah, you know, it's probably, I, I say the reason why I've, I, one of the reasons I've, I've been in this industry for as long as I am uh, is because every one of my colleagues across the country wants to help each other out, right? There is no competition. Uh, it's really much more around, uh, in fact, we, we have a term in the chamber industry, R&D, your research and development is actually off and duplicate. We look at who has the best practices and then how do we steal those and um, kind of augment them to fit our uh, goals and our, our, um, our um, challenges here. So yeah, I think the, the, um, the network of people that I've um, become now friends with but are colleagues with all over the country uh, is one of the reasons why I've been as successful as I've been. Um, coming back to Fargo for a little bit before we take a little break. Uh, can you talk about being here and the community here and what the Fargo community is like together and just sure. kind of how everyone works together? Sure. I, you know, I'm guessing a, a majority of the students uh, are not from this region, although we've got some that are. Uh, and you probably see the same things that we saw, right? Uh, when we, uh, I will tell you, my husband and I have spent, uh, my husband's from the Twin Cities, and I spent 11 years of my career in the Twin Cities. Uh, we had, neither of us had ever been to Fargo. 
So we had no idea what we were expecting when we uh, went into this. And uh, from the moment that we stepped foot here, there is just a vibe that you, it's really indescribable, right? It's really hard to put your finger on um, that feeling that you get when you when you uh, come to this region. Uh, it has everything to do with the people that are here. I think the level of authenticity that this region represents, um, uh, I, I say this a lot, uh, this community really shows up for one another. They uh, show up for each other individually, but um, we have events now unlike I've ever seen uh, in my career. Uh, when we just brought Mike Rowe in as our, our speaker from Dirty Jobs, uh, that was 2,100 people that came uh, to see him speak, right? But even things like our annual luncheons where we bring everyone together and kind of give the state of the chamber, that's 700, 800 people. And so, um, so I think it's just a very unique quality. Uh, it has all of the aspects of um, and amenities of a big city with a, uh, again, you feel, get that small town feel. And it all boils down to relationships and people really do want to connect with one another. Well, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, catch our breaths. Um, just sit tight. If we have learned anything over the last several years, we have learned to expect the unexpected. In a world of uncertainty, life throws challenges at the most unexpected times. Consistency becomes essential, and nothing is more consistent than Pepsi. Pepsi Cola has always had great taste, but today, try great taste with zero sugar. This is the Pepsi with zero compromise and zero challenges. This is the Pepsi of the future. This is Pepsi Zero Sugar. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so, Shannon, we've talked a lot about traveling. Um, and for your chambers, do you, do you feel like you've reached the top of the totem pole or is there somewhere else that you see yourself in, not maybe in the near future, but the far future? Yeah, I have to be careful what I say. Nothing near future, <laughs> right? Uh, no, uh, in all in all seriousness, it's it's a exciting. Uh, you know, it's exciting to think of what's next. Uh, but we really love this region. Uh, we love uh, where we're at. Uh, I love the um, the team that I work with each and every day. Uh, the leaders that are surrounding me to the the goals that we have in front of us and to the to the region in general. So there's no lofty goals for me to, to do anything else. Um, but uh, I also think as a good leader, you always are looking at what's on the horizon and what could be, right? Not to keeping an open mind and not closing yourself off for opportunities. Um, so I don't know, at some point in my career, uh, I'd like to get into the private sector. So I'd like to work uh, for a company, own a company, do something that um, I sp I've spent 21 years helping to coach uh, business leaders on companies and on profitability and uh, how to run a, a successful company. At some point, that'll be uh, a desire. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where, where, where it ends up being. Changing the subject a little bit. Um, so you've had a crazy career starting at 24 years old being the lead. Is there anything that you do differently if you could go back in time or just any changes you wish you could have made or just something like that? Yeah, I <clears throat> I think everybody, you know, thinks if it was hindsight 2020, you'd do, do some things differently, right? Um, I, you know, I think early on in my career, I would have leaned in more to those that wanted to help me. I was really, um, timid at asking for any type of mentor or any type of help. And um, yes, uh, kind of in spite of that, I've done well and had a, a great career. But I've also thought about if I would have just 
uh, asked some of those questions, if I would have just pushed myself a little further out of my comfort zone, um, what could have happened then, right? Um, but the other part of it is I wish I would have taken more time throughout my career to mentor others. Um, I'm just really starting to find that that's a sweet space for me, that I really love that. I like I have three um, students that I mentor right now, and I love that opportunity to see uh, kind of their future through their eyes, which is, a, is an exciting thing. So you mentioned earlier uh, that you get the opportunity to do a lot of partnerships with uh, different brands in the, throughout the community. Um, what stands out to you as being the most uh, rewarding or impactful? Hmm. Out of all the partnerships. Um, I would say that uh, we have one uh, called Fueling Our Future, which is a community or a regional initiative. This is a partnership between the Economic Development Corporation uh, and the Chamber, but also numerous uh, companies that help raise about $4 million to address some of the, the top opportunities that, that we've had over the last four years. Uh, we're now at the end of that, and we're, we're analyzing. In fact, on December 7th, we'll do a pretty big analysis of what um, was the outcomes of feeling our future? Where should we go in, in the future? Do we do we uh, kind of go back out and raise some more money and work collectively? That one's a big one. And I would say the one personally um, that's probably been the highlight of my professional careers is we've been now working in partnership with the grant that we have, but um, the partnership with um, all of our five uh, universities, uh, our, all of our high schools, uh, about 25 nonprofits um, to launch a, a workforce system called Ignite that allows for a platform that has about 1,700 video career cards of people in their careers talking about their journey and what they've learned uh, attached to average salary and open internship boards and open job boards um, for students like yourselves, but also for high school students, for adult job seekers, for nonprofit leaders, faculty members, um, so that we can have one front door for everybody to go through then to find, if I was a business and I wanted to find um, interns, uh, instead of going to five universities, can I go in one place and find them all? If I was a student that was looking at, we have over 550 companies that are working with us now. It's that, um, how do we make it easier for people to make relationships, leverage those relationships, and then be able to um, either find career advancement opportunities or workforce or whatever that might be. Um, so one final question for you, Shannon. Uh, you're here today with a bunch of NDSU students. Um, is there any advice or any tips you would share with us about moving forward in our, in our potential careers, things to look for? Yeah, I think we, t we touched on a couple of those, right? Um, um, actively seeking a mentor and asking. And, uh, and when I say that, it's like, uh, it's interesting when I talk to students about mentorship and they're like, oh yeah, I've got a mentor. And I said, well, do they know that they're your mentor? And uh, oftentimes the answer is no, I just look up to them. That's very different than actually asking someone, will you dedicate time to, to mentor me? I would encourage everyone to, to do that part of it. Um, I would say be be bold and, and go out and push yourself outside of your comfort zone. That's the only way that we grow. Uh, uh, even, you know, 20 years into this, the, I find myself that I learn the most at challenging moments when I have to push myself harder than I've ever pushed myself before. Uh, and then find something you're really passionate about and just give 110% and be really passionate about that particular area um, because you never know what uh, how that will shape your career. I Like I said before, I had 
zero desire to lead a chamber. I had no idea what it is, but I, I know for a fact that I've had and, la- and, and left a lasting um, um, kind of impression and impact on all of the different communities that I've been in. Thank you for being with us today, Shannon. We really appreciate the time. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Thank you Shannon. Welcome to the podcast recap. I'm curious to hear what your takeaways are. Thoughts? You know, I really thoroughly enjoyed having Shannon on the podcast. Um, going into it, I had no idea what the Chamber of Commerce was, so I did a little research. And after Shannon giving us her story, um, I think she was very fearless, especially at 24, um, beginning her uh, professional career, also traveling from Wisconsin to Florida to Iowa up to Fargo. She's risked a lot to uh, be in the position that she's in today, and all props to her. I'm happy for her. Yeah, absolutely. I think I can agree with Brock that, uh, and probably Nate too, that we probably had no idea what the Chamber of Commerce was before we talked with her. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought it was very interesting that at 24 she was a volleyball coach and then kind of just eventually, or 23 she was a volleyball coach and then eventually got the lead of Chamber of Commerce in her local area and just kind of ran with it. Like she's been all over the country now. Probably wasn't her original career path and now she's made it into a, you know, a lifelong career. Yeah, she she saw an opportunity that most people at that age probably would have assumed they weren't qualified for and uh, you know figuratively speaking raised her hand and, and got got the chance and uh, yeah yeah I think for me it was kind of just the way she spoke about what she does and you know who who she is as a person was it's really insightful because you could learn a lot from someone like that because she's clearly been you know all over the country and doing work with so many different businesses and you know if she can become successful just by communication and you know being there for others and talking you know to with like with heart I think was kind of how you know I can take that in my future whenever I'm you know in a part of a company or whatever and just kind of be a person who you know cares a lot takes you very far so I kind yeah. of took that from her yeah she talked you know obviously she she listed collaboration as kind of you know her superpower so to speak and and she didn't talk a lot about it in in that sense but I mean if you think about it her entire career is about collaboration I mean I mean, that's what the Chamber of Commerce does is collaborate with businesses the local government you know or, or you know, entities and bring people together and, and underlying there I mean there's obviously great communication skills empathy ability to listen. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of skills that, um, that help her succeed there, but, but collaboration is definitely key. Yeah. Great job, guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Power to Sell podcast. This podcast is sponsored in part by the North Dakota State University Center for Professional Selling and Sales Technology. Have a great day.